Pastor Eddie's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And Father, as we break open the Logos word, I pray in Jesus' name that you will cause the Spirit of God to breathe on this word that's in the Bible. And Father, breathe it into our hearts by your Spirit. I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to minister life to your people. And I thank you that everything that is said and done will bring glory to you. And I give you praise and honor. And I declare in Jesus' name that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives. Because Jesus always watches over his word to perform it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I hope you all are ready for me because I'm ready for you. Look, I'm prayed up and obeyed up, so let's see what we got, right? So uh, uh, three weeks ago, I started a series entitled Faith to Change. Everybody say Faith for Change. And the thought process behind this whole series is to help you and I embrace change with a faith attitude and faith actions. Everybody say a faith attitude and faith actions. And so I'm going to do a small review just for those who may be here for the very first or second time or who are viewing. And so, so far, we've looked at three primary ways that change is going to come. Number one, we looked at change can happen to us. Everybody say happen to us. Change can happen to us. And this is when change or changes come from life or others. And these changes or these decisions, we had no say-so in. In other words, these are decisions or actions that no one asks us our thoughts or our opinions. So change can happen to us. And then the second way change can come is that change can happen from us. And this is when we make decisions as individuals that we decide to do certain things or say certain things or buy certain things. You know, the house that you buy, you bought that. That's a change from you. And those are easier to swallow unless we've made some bad decisions and those bad decisions change our life. But either way it goes, change can happen from us. Everybody say from us. And then number three, we looked at change that can happen from God. And these are when God wants us to make a change or changes that will ultimately better our life. Anytime God wants you to make a change, it is going to be a blessing in your life. And I've called these changes God-directed changes. Everybody say God-directed changes. And we must remember that any change that is directed by God will always take our lives to new levels and new blessings. And so today is our third lesson in our series on faith for change. And the topic today is called faith to return or faith to return to God's house. So I'm talking to everybody who's watching me online today. Now, the subtopic of today's message is the ark has parked. 
the ark has part. And uh, this is going to be a two-part teaching, and the whole purpose behind these two lessons that I'm going to do today and next week is to produce faith in our hearts to start physically returning to God's house for worship, for fellowship, and for serving. Everybody say, for worship, for fellowship, and for serving. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, why is a teaching like this so important? It's important because all of us have been impacted by a worldwide pandemic. This was not just a nationwide pandemic. This was a worldwide pandemic that all of us have been impacted by. But unfortunately, many of us have developed pandemic thinking. I want you to hear me today. Think about this. Studies have shown that it takes about 21 days to develop a new habit. How many have ever heard that? Anybody have ever heard that? If you've heard that online, just put, put a thumbs up if you've heard that. It takes about 21 days to develop a habit, a habit. And if this is true, then many of us have developed a habit of not physically attending church because we've not attended church for the most part almost a year and a half. It was not on purpose because we were in a global pandemic. We didn't even have a choice for the most part. So let me just give you a disclaimer before I teach the lesson. Let me give you a disclaimer. Here's the disclaimer. Because, see, I don't want conviction to be confused for condemnation. Conviction means that I hear something that I need to do that I'm not doing that comes from God. And he says, he stirs me up and goes, you need to do that. Condemnation makes you feel bad and tries to beat you down for not doing it. So if you feel condemnation, it's the devil. If you feel conviction, come on church, it's God, all right? So there are those of you who have genuine health challenges that may require you to connect through the lens or through streaming because of your health challenges. And then there are some of you who live outside of our area who are members or visiting members who can only connect to us through streaming or through the lens. Why? Because they live too far to attend. And that is understood 100%. Everybody say that's 100%. However, there are those of us who do not have medically or physically reasons of why we can't start physically attending church. So that's why I'm teaching this lesson. And so I'm going to be showing you some benefits and advantages of corporate worship services versus individual worship services. Because there is a difference between the two, and I'm going to be doing that next week. Because if there is anything that we should have learned individually through this pandemic was how to individually worship together. So there are many experiences from the pandemic uh, that were mostly, in my opinion, negative. I mean, there are some positive things that have come out of it, but there was more negative than positive. And some of this included things like functional impairment. I mean, some of us used to, you know, we wanted to go to work. We were people, people. And so we, you know, we enjoyed going and physically, you know, and, and now we're stuck at home between four walls with a kid that's on a computer that's in school, but we're the teacher. We're the teacher. And uh, 
I recognized I needed to repeat the sixth grade with Landon. Because my sixth grade mathematical skills are at second grade level. Some of us in the pandemic experience boredom. Worry, different phobias came up, frustration and anger. And a new study just came out that revealed that 20% of couples who were married five month, months or less prior to the pandemic have filed for divorce or are looking to get divorced right now. And that's 11%. Watch this, 20%. And it was only 11% in 2019, almost double because of a, a, a pandemic. And all of these negative feelings, listen, and the responses from it start with how we think about what's happening to us. Which means now our thinking has a whole lot to do with how we're responding. Can you say amen to that? And here's the thing. Even though our core beliefs which is what we believe, they're lodged on the inside of our hearts. If our thinking is affected, listen, it will shift how we now believe. Okay, let me explain it this way. Um, I'm going to explain it through scripture and then I'm going to give you an example. All right, here's the deal. A change can take place in a person's heart. But if their mind is not renewed, or let me say it like this, if their mind doesn't catch up with their heart change, then their lives will never see the difference. Okay, let me see it, say it like this. You get somebody who gets born again, saved. They give Jesus all of their heart. And if they never pick up God's word and renew their mind to the new person that's on the inside of them, they will never see on the outside the new person that's on the inside. Why? Because they have not renewed their thinking to where their heart is. And this is why it's possible to believe something but not see what we believe come to pass in our life. It's with the heart we believe, but watch this, but it's with the mind we receive. Listen, write this down. The heart is responsible for spiritual transformation, but our minds are responsible for physical transformation. I'm going to say that again. Our hearts are responsible for spiritual transformation. Everybody say spiritual transformation. Our hearts, which is on the inside, it's responsible for the spiritual transformation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But our minds are responsible for physical transformation. And that's why, listen, what you know in your head dictates how you are led. Whatever you think about long enough is what you're going to do. Say amen to that. So believing is the bridge between my heart and my renewed mind. In other words, information dictates my transformation. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 32, they're going to put it on the screen. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But see, the key words in that verse is not make you free. The key word in that verse is you shall know the truth because you can't get free without knowing that. So truth is very important. So let's look at this verse that most of us are familiar with. It's found in Romans 12, 2. They're going to put it on the, on the screen. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this verse in three different versions. Now, I've used this verse in our, in our series so far, but I want, you to, uh, I want you to listen to it 
in different ways because the point I'm trying to make, these verses are going to help me make it. And you say, well, pastor, what's the point? The point is this. I'm wanting you to understand that the pandemic has changed how we think about a lot of things, including attending church. Can you say amen to that? And I really want you all to pay attention to my content and not the charisma. You know, because sometimes the charisma of the preacher can distract you from the content. In fact, in a lot of cases, the charisma is hiding the content because there is none. Okay, I won't get started on that. But anyway, here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Listen to what it says. This is the King James Version. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, watch this, by the renewing of your mind. So my transformation in life comes from me renewing my mind. And then he says that you may prove what's good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Listen to the New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. How, church? Read it with me. By changing the way you think. Watch now the message translation, which puts the cherry on top. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And I know and understand that this pandemic has created a new norm. But what I also know is that it has not done or should not create a new way of how God create, uh, how God operates. Why? Because, see, it may have created a new method by which God wants to use. But God is not going to change the Bible to fit our traumatic experiences. I'm going to say that on this side. God is not going to change the Bible to fit into our traumatic experiences. In other words, what I'm saying is just because our world has gone through a whole a pandemic change, God's word is still the same. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to look at an experience that happened in the life of Noah and his family and see how it relates to where we are in our world today. So if you're taking notes, and you should have some notes in your, in your handout, point number one is God-directed changes require changes from us. God-directed changes requires change from us. Everybody say it with me. Say God-directed changes requires change from us so let's now read genesis chapter 6 i'm reading out of the king james it's a little reading but i'm going to point some things out as we go and then we're going to jump into it it says and god saw the wickedness of man it was great in the earth and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually and it repented the lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I made them. Sounds like God's in a bad mood, don't it? (laughs) Look at verse 9, or verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. I'm reading this for a reason. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah did what? He walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. And the earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all the flesh was corrupted in its way. And God said to who? Who did God say it to? 
Noah, he says, the end of the flesh has come near, for the earth is filled with violence, and behold, I'm going to destroy it. And then he tells uh, 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 this man Noah something. He says, I want you to make an ark of gopher wood. So now, watch this now. Here we go. Noah is experiencing one of these changes that we talk about. This is a God-directed change now. I don't know what Noah did for a living, but now he has become a boat maker. He says, I want you to make me an ark, and I want you to make rooms from it. And you, will, you pitch it on me, and I want you to cover it with slime and so it won't leak. And, and then we're jumping down to Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said to who? Come on, church. Who did he say? He said to Noah, come you and all your house into where, church? Come into the ark. It wasn't an ark in our case. It was our house. He says, I want you to go into the ark. For I've seen you righteous. And verse 2 says, and every clean beast you shall make or shall take to you by sevens and then he goes through all of that and and then in verse 4 he says for seven days i will cause it to rain upon for yet seven days and then i will cause it to rain for 40 days and 40 nights and every living substance that i've made will i destroy and noah did sounds like now noah not only got a god-directed change but remember now some changes have to come from us now he's having to change his agenda and now this change is coming from Noah he did what the Lord had commanded now remember we have three different kinds of changes and watch this in this situation Noah is experiencing all three types of these changes at the same time you think your life is hard because you got a change on a job that you didn't go you didn't know about and you wasn't ready for Noah had all three changes. Change from life is happening to him that he has no control over. A flood's getting ready to happen. He can't stand outside with an umbrella. So change is happening to him. Change is being directed by God. And this change that's directed by God is going to save his life and others. But then also there's some changes that must come from him in order for him to live. I don't know what he did for a living, but whatever it was, he had to change it. So even though what Noah is about to experience is not a global pandemic, it is what we would call today a global natural disaster. It's like a tsunami. It's something that's huge. And so there's, there's some similarities between a global natural disaster and a global pandemic. Here is number one. This is what they both have in common. Massive amounts of people die. Do you all agree with that? We saw that with coronavirus. We saw it with the tsunami. Noah seeing it in this flood. Massive amounts of people died. Here's number two. Massive change had to take place with Noah. His occupation changed. Where he lived changed. How he did things changed. Where he ate changed. Number three. Massive change took place with his family. Now, ain't no going outside and play. No, 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 no. And then, listen, they might have been used to like air fresheners in the house smelling good. They in a boat with animals now. Massive change. Here's number four. Massive change took place in the world. Now, when they get out of this boat, nobody's going to be left but them. Number five. Noah had to experience a new norm. But here's number six we're going to talk about. But Noah had to eventually return, watch this now, 
to some healthy customs that he used to do. So here's point number two if you're taking notes. We're going to talk about some facts about Noah's changes that relate to our changes that we've had to make. So here's the first change that Noah had to experience. It took, listen, you may not have known this because when we read the Bible, we think that something happened overnight. So it took a hundred years for Noah to build that ark. A hundred years. And you've been waiting as a single person on your spouse for a hundred days. And you tired and weary. Are you kidding me? The Bible says one day to the Lord is like a thousand years. Keep waiting. A hundred years it took him. He started building this ark when he was 500 years old and he did not finish it until he was 600. Genesis 5.32, I'm going to give you proof of all this. It says, and Noah was 500 years old when he begot his three sons. Genesis 7.6 says, and Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the waters uh, uh, became on the earth. And let me just throw this uh, at you. You're never too old to obey what God wants you to do. Listen, you're never too old. You can be 90 years old, but if God still has something on his agenda for your life, it is never too late to say, God, I will do what you want me to do. It is never too late. And here's another point I want to make. Sometimes the work or our obedience seems to be taking a long time for us to continue to do it, for us to see the manifestation. But see, sometimes you have to understand Big blessings have long roots. Amen. So here's the first one. So the first one was uh, it took Noah 100 years to build the ark. Here's number two. Noah and his family were stuck in the ark for one year and 17 days or a total of 382 days. Basically for a year and 17 days, Noah and his family were trapped in this boat. And many of us were trapped at home in this pandemic. Couldn't even go to work. For the first time, they allowed you to work at home. You didn't even know they could do that. And now you're working at home or or now your business is closed and you're at home. And the same thing happened to Noah and his family. And here's the thing. Noah had to adjust to living in that ark, eating in that ark, praying in that ark, Spending time with that, in, that, in that ark with his family, worshiping in that ark. He wasn't used to that. And just like us, there are things that happened we weren't used to. I saw some people, when they came out of the pandemic, I didn't recognize them. That's three words, recognize. They hadn't been to the barber shop and had a shave in a year and a half. They looked like a caveman. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, it says this, And the Lord said to Noah, Come you and uh, and all your house into the ark, for I've seen your righteousness. Genesis 7 4, it says, watch this now, because we're going to count down this, and I'm doing this for a reason. We're going to count down how many days that Noah was in this ark. Because, see, we think Noah was in the ark 40 days and 40 nights because that's how long it rained. But that's not how long he was in the ark. So watch this. It says, For yet seven days, everybody say seven days. Okay, somebody, I need a mathematician on the front row. Who's good with the calculator? Anybody good with the calculator on the front? Pull the calculator out. We're going to add up these days that Noah was in the boat. 
It says seven days, and he, t- he put him in there. He said, seven days. Now, get in, the, get in the boat, and then in seven days, I'm going to make it rain. So we got seven. Okay, put seven in your calculator. Then Genesis 7, 12 says, and the rain was upon the earth. Come on, read it with me, church. Forty days and what? Forty nights. How many days? Okay, so how many days did it, that was, was he in the ark before it started raining? Seven. So 40 plus seven is what? Okay, he's in 47 days already. Genesis 7:24, and the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and what? Fifty days. So if you add 150 days to 47, it should be 197. Then it says it took. Most people don't know this. 74 days. That is like two months and some change for that water to go down. Genesis 8:4. And five says, and the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventh day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat, and the waters decreased and continually until the tenth month. See, when you add up all these months and stuff, it comes up to be 74 days. So now 74 days plus 197 is, see, I even helped y'all by putting it up there. It's 271 days. And then watch this now. The waters went down. And he had to wait for that, and he waited another, watch this, 40 days, Genesis chapter 8, verse 6. It says this, and it came to pass at the end of how many days, church? 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent forth the raven. See, most of us were taught he sent doves out first. He didn't send doves out. He sent a raven out first. But it took 40 days. So now, how many days we at now? We at 311 days. He almost been in this boat for a year. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Noah thought he was going to be in that boat for a year? I'm thinking, well, first of all, it took 100 years for him to build the boat. 100 years? Man, it's almost a year. So then, 14 days go by after he sends the raven out and he sends out some doves. Genesis 8, 8 through 12 says, He also sent forth a dove to see if the waters went down. The dove found no rest. The dove came back. And then if you look down in verse 10, it says, And he stayed yet another seven days and he began to send forth another dove out of the ark. And then the dove came to him, and if you keep reading, uh, it said another seven days. So now we're at 325 days. And here's now, I'm doing this for a reason too. 57 days go by, because in Genesis 8, 14, it says in the second month, see if you add up all these months, it comes up to be 382 days. So watch what happened. Now in verse 15, it says, and God spoke to Noah, and he says, I need you now to leave the ark you your wife and your sons ladies and gentlemen boys and girls if you're watching me through the lens the ark has parked after 382 days the ark has parked they didn't stay in the ark they came out of the ark why because had they stayed in the ark there wasn't enough food in the ark there wasn't enough food for them the animals they couldn't live in that ark forever you can't live in your house forever remember i said that noah had to leave the ark and then re-engage into some activities that, that he used to have. 
Well, watch this. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 in the New King James Version says this. Then Noah, watch this. As soon as he got off the ark, ooh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I have to slow it down. (laughs) As soon as he got off the ark, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and he took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and he offered a burnt offering to the Lord on the altar. And the Lord smelled it. It was a soothing aroma. And God said, I'll never curse the ground for man's sake again. And this is what I want you to see. Noah had to go back, listen church, and do some things that he was doing before the flood. And just like Noah had to do some things that he used to do before the flood, you're going to have to now go back and do some things that you used to do before coronavirus. You and I, in spite of what has happened with this pandemic, we must get out of our homes by faith and come back to the house of God. Listen, to corporately worship, to corporately fellowship, and to corporately serve. And you say, well, why? Because there is something, listen, I'm about to get excited. I'm just going to have to suck it up right now. But listen, there is something that happens in God's house that will not happen at your house. Oh, I'm going to say it again. I said there is something that will happen in God's house that may not happen at your house. Why would God have us in a school for 13 years to get to this facility and then for the rest of our ministry life we watch church on TV? Why would God have the children of Israel to build synagogues and temples just for him with nobody in it? Which now leads me to point number three. Are y'all ready for this? This is good. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down your street. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Here's point three. What happens in God's house may not always happen in our house. I can't tell you how many people who have been watching through the lens who came to church for the first time since the pandemic because things are opening back up and said, Pastor, I forgot how physical and live worship was so much better than through the lens. Now, through the lens is good. We had to do it. But unless you have a health issue and unless you live outside the Metroplex, God is speaking, so watch this. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you that what happens in the house may not always happen at your house. Acts chapter 1. This is the New Living Translation. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis, about everything. Jesus began to do and teach. 
until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles, listen, further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he told them. He said, during the 40 days, well, it's a a continued description. During the 40 days that he was here after his his crucifixion, he appeared to his apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. Watch this now, verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Now, let me ask you, is there a difference between a command and a suggestion? He commanded them. Watch what he tells them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift of the promise, as I've told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's drop down to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, what's the next word, church? Come on, church. How much? What is it? Everybody say they. Does they sound like me? No. So it wasn't at home. They wasn't at home because they ain't at home. Me's at home. It says, and listen, and they were all on one accord in what? One place. And then suddenly there came a sound. See, sometimes when you're in the house, something suddenly can happen in here that ain't going to happen through there. I can tell you that right now. You can put your hand on the camera all you want to. I don't know. You're just going to have some fingerprints. You got to watch out. <laughs> and suddenly, there came, I ain't mad at nobody. I just want y'all to know that I ain't mad at nobody. I love everybody. I love everybody. And suddenly, there came a sound, a rushing mighty wind. Watch it. And it filled all the house. Where who was sitting? Come on, church. Come on, who? They were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of who? Him. And then watch it says in verse 4. And come on, church. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. And the Spirit of God gave them utterance. This didn't happen at home. Watch this now. I'm going to prove to you. See, if this movement that they experienced in that room together in one place was something universal, everybody in Jerusalem at their house would have got filled with the Holy Ghost, but they didn't because it took place in the house. And there are some things that God's going to do. He's not going to do it in your house because he built his house for that. So I'm closing right here. How do we apply this message? It's real simple. Come to church. <laughs> Real simple. Come to church. Do the lens. Zoom in, let me zoom just so they can see. They can see. They can see me sweat for the first time. Come on, zoom. In. Come to church. <laughs> now listen, listen, listen. I know some of them. Some of them on the lens are saying, "Well, pastor." How do we come to church? Well, let me say it like this. Because, see, some of you all have fears. So how do we face our fears? We do it with our faith. 
You may be saying, well, Pastor, I can't come to church because the children's department from zero to five-year-olds is not open right now. In fact, two kids, first through sixth grade, is only taking 50 kids, so I'm not able to bring my kids right now. Well, here's the reason why you're not able to bring your kids, because it takes volunteers to serve for them to come. So next week, same bad time, same bad channel, and I'm going to feel a little bit better, so I might even scream and run in this place. But I'm going to tell you something, God's up to something. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you who are watching me through the lens, Wow. God just said something to me for some of you through the lens. This is not for all of you, but this is, this is for some of you. He said, what's your excuse? You don't have one. You've developed pandemic thinking. And today he's saying, choose my way now. We've been at home long enough. Father, right now, I thank you that the word has fallen on good ground. And I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that our hearts have received it. Our minds are being adjusted to what we heard. And just like you started the world all over again with Noah, you can start our worlds all over again with us. And I pray in Jesus' name that everything that was said and done, that no condemnation will bleed from this. But Father, conviction from your word and your ways will be the reason for us to make changes. And so I thank you that members of Word of Truth Family Church who live in our local area, those who are visiting members that live in the local area, Father, they'll just begin to just come back to your homes, come back to your house. And I thank you and I praise you for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. With your every head still bowed, even if you're watching, bow your head right there. Here's the question I have. If you, if you died today.